Hi, I'm Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is book lover and children's librarian, Michelle Coxford. Michelle and I will be talking about how to encourage your child to be a lifelong reader. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, Annie. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here because, first of all, I... My parents moved to a town that had a children's library. I'm not talking about a children's section of a public library. There was a privately owned children's library in my town in a separate building. And I think, I like to think maybe my mom knew that I was destined to be a writer, certainly an avid (laughs) reader. So she chose this community because it had a children's library. And I I loved being there. So as a children's librarian yourself, I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience of parents and kids walking into your children's library? Well, we get, um, we get a large uh, range of uh, children and families that come in. So we get people who come in on a regular basis, and they, um, they're very familiar faces. And we get a lot of people who come to the library who don't, aren't normal users of the library. So it's quite a, quite a gamut. Um, a lot of times during this during the school year, you know, we get uh, a lot of kids who come in with their parents because maybe the child's teacher has sent them to the uh-huh. library. So uh, we're always open to um, welcoming new customers. <laughs> yeah, and and so here it is summertime, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe maybe the clientele changes, and the hours obviously change when people come in. And so so typically, let's talk about maybe a second grader who has been reading for a year or so, and 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 comes to the library with mom or dad. Um, how can a librarian help them when they walk in, maybe for the first time? Well, what I like to do is uh, oftentimes when a parent will approach me and ask for help selecting books or where they should go to get the books, um, I oftentimes I'll start by asking the child, you know, what grade they're in. And if they're in second grade, I'll take them over to the reader section um, in our library. That's that's where we house a lot of the K through second grade books. Mm-hmm. And you know, kids have quite a range of uh, reading ability. So, and not knowing where that child might be, I mean, they could be in second grade and they could be reading at a kindergarten level. Mm-hmm. They could be second grade and reading at a fourth grade level. So I often will, on my way over to a section, I'll ask the child, so what have you read recently? Or what are your favorite types of books? Ah. And if a child can't really answer those questions, I tend to think maybe they're not real strong readers, okay. or I may ask the child, do you like to read? And if the child says no, then yeah. I'm thinking they probably aren't a very strong reader. I tend to try to talk to the child and not as much to the parent, but the parent inevitably will answer for the child. So I, I'll i answer back to the parent, but I try to always steer the conversation conversation to the child because right at that moment, that is my customer. And okay, so, I, yeah, I, I know parents are very well-meaning, and they've brought the course. child to the library, and they, they want it to be a positive experience. I think this is one of the few places, maybe, that I can think of that um, the child's interests and, and abilities really should lead and guide the show versus, say, you go to a restaurant, and the wait <laughs> staff comes over and maybe asks... Um, 
Celeste, what would you like to eat? Or doesn't even bother asking Celeste. <laughs> Ask Celeste's <Yeah. laughs> mom and said, what will she have? And, you know, it's like the kid's invisible. I love what you're saying about directing the conversation to the child. Um, and, and a lot of kids just really aren't used to that happening with right. adults in the world. So here you have a friendly librarian who really wants to get to know you so that your needs as a reader, a young reader, can yeah. can be met. So if a kid um, says, gives you the indication that they're not really a strong reader, um, what what do you do then? Well, I typically will select a few different level of books from our shelves. And mm -hmm. I'll ask the child, I'll open it up to the first page, ah. and I ask the child, okay, I want you to tell me if this is too easy for you or if you think it might be too hard or just right. Do you and ask then, them? Do you ask them to actually read some of the I books? I do, I do, and sometimes I don't want to embarrass a child, so right. I'll kind of ask them. Maybe they could read it silently. Sometimes they'll look at me, and if they're really not sure, I tend to think that they are not a strong reader, and so maybe I'll get something a little bit easier mm -hmm. um, until I find a text that seems to match uh, the comfort level for the child. Um, so sometimes I'll pick a book that, um, I might think, well, this is about a second grade or maybe a first grade. There's like little short sentences, um, maybe very small little chapters per se. And it's only like a few pages long. Um, and the child usually will tell me right off the bat, this is too easy. Okay. And then I'll find something a little bit harder. But if a child's really stumbling mm -hmm. and they don't really understand, or they just kind of look at me with a blank face, I tend to even go even lower and then explain to the parent what it is I'm doing because I'm, I'm also trying to teach the parent how to help choose appropriate text and books for their child. Got it. So um, how about a parent who um, tries to intervene at this point and says, oh, you know that word. <laughs> Oh, that happens quite a bit. So it sounds like you're almost kind of asking the kid to do a test drive as you would, you know, in a car dealership. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what happens if mom starts saying, oh, you know that word, sound it out, and it becomes a reading lesson? What do you do then? I tend to kind of take a little bit of a step back because I don't want it, I don't want it to turn into that type of uh, interaction with the child. That's because, you know, and that's really not my job. Um and then what I do is I tend to select more books, I think, that would really appeal to the child and be um, appropriate for the child to read. And then I'll explain to mom, well, we do have these other types of books, and I might show them something that's a little bit easier or maybe show them something that's a tad bit harder. And then say, you know, you're welcome to check all these out and read with your child. I always stress that because if a child is stumbling over words, then at least they have a parent that should be able to be there and help them uh, sound out the word. Yeah. Um, instead of, I too often I have parents who just they don't want to read with their child. That oh, this is their time to read on their own, and that's not what I really want to uh, have the parent walk away with. I want them to, to understand the importance of reading with their child or having a child read to them. 
So it sounds like you think it's a really good idea for parents and kids to read together, especially while they're young. Um, why? Why is that important? Well, I think one reason it's important is it's really good for the child's self-esteem. They're going to read aloud to the parent, and their parent is there to give um, you know, feedback, hopefully positive. Yeah. Good <laughs> and, job. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important. And, uh, I think it's, it's really important for the child. Then if the child has trouble with words, you have a supportive parent who can help them through it, whether it's sounding it out or helping them break, break apart the word, um, or even explaining what the text means. Um, I think a lot of reading comprehension, this is the key. When you have a parent maybe stop a child in the middle of a story and then say, okay, what just happened here? Can mm -hmm. you explain what just happened here? That parent, knowingly or not, is teaching the child reading comprehension. And that is super, super key. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that it needs to be really safe for the child to say, I don't know what that word means. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it reminds me, uh, my mom was an avid reader and she taught me to read when I was three and a half. And, you know, I'm very grateful for that. But I always felt that um, it wasn't quite safe for me to say, what does that word mean? She either, you know, she would she would say, you don't know what that word means? <laughs> and the message being like, oh, better not ask those kind of <laughs> questions again. So um, I, th I think the idea of, of being a safe, encouraging parent, lots of praise and, and, you know, you should be able to maybe read cues in your child's face or, or even to yeah. understand, hmm, I, I get I get a sense there's a little confusion here. So I can ask, um, yeah. tell me what that word means. Do you know what that word means? Um, you know, like that right. in a really encouraging way. So parent as as teacher reading coach, um, without a heavy hand. Sounds absolutely. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing what I always try to remind <laughs> parents as well is this K through second grade period is so crucial and that it doesn't, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, now the child can start to read text on their own. Then we're done reading to that child. Ah. That's no, it's still very important to read to your child or, you know, get a book out, whether it's a picture book that you could still, maybe the story's a little bit more advanced for that age group, rather than a picture book that's geared towards the preschool age, they do have picture books that are have concepts and themes that are appropriate for older kids. Mm -hmm. And I also encourage parents to start reading chapter books with their child. Um, for example, one of the books that we read to our son was the Winnie the Pooh stories. I oh, love those. Yes, and we read those. Uh, we would read a story a night, and he loved it. And, it, was and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't a book that he, at that time, could read by himself. Right. Absolutely. Right. <clears throat> That's great. So, so this reading to a child, how, how early does it start? Well, I say it starts as soon as possible. I say as soon as you bring that child home from the hospital. <laughs> start <laughs> reading. Start reading. And with babies, <laughs> I mean, you have a captive audience. They're not going to go anywhere. They're in your arms or... And you can read aloud. And it can be really anything at that point. The baby just wants to hear your voice. Um, and as as time goes on and as the baby starts, you know, 
growing up, so to speak, you're going to, it's going to, the baby's going to listen to the inflection of your voice, your pitch. Um, and then once probably in a few months old, they're going to start being able to, you know, see pictures better, uh, whether it's con, you know, black and white, or then you're start adding some color. There's a lot of really, really fabulous board books out there for even the, the littlest of your, of the kids. So you use the term board books. Those, yes. those are the ones with the really thick pages that the kids can chew on? Yes. <laughs> because, I, you know, babies at that point, every, you know, they're very oral and they, they learn a lot of, a lot of times they learn by putting things in their mouth. And if you can, at that, at that age, they're not going to necessarily start understanding the word part, but they're going to understand that this is a book and that you read from, you know, in this direction and this is how you turn the pages mm-hmm. and this is how you hold a book and, that's, I mean, that's really where it all begins. No, it's really interesting um, because those those board books, they're they're for chubby little hands, and you you can turn the pages, you can carry them around, you can chew on them if you want. I've also seen books that go in the bathtub that yeah. that are plastic books. I love this idea of book as toy, yes, uh, as companion that yes. you can carry around with you. It, it's just a perfect way to indoctrinate, if you will, in a positive way. That that. Books are things that we have with us that give us pleasure, that open worlds to us, that that stimulate our imagination. Well, you hit it on the head with saying that books are like toys. I mean, if 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 every family were to treat books like and have them available to their children as um as they have their toys available to their children, then I mean that's perfect. You could carry them in your in the car, carry it yeah. in your diaper bag or in your backpack or wherever you're going to have your child. Take a couple books with with you, and I mean it's having them available as often as you would have the toys is is really key. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so now I'm thinking. Okay, I love books. I love the physicality of books. I always have. Now we're going to segue into this high tech world where yeah. um. People are more and more using readers of different kinds. And so um, print is coming through in a digital form. How, how do you feel one versus another? I understand reading is reading. But, um, and I don't, I don't want to like prejudice your question with, by leading the witness. <laughs> but I, I'm curious how you feel about young kids and, and the physicality of books versus digital um, or doesn't it matter? Well, that's a really good question, and one that I'm I'm still learning a lot myself as a professional. Uh, I think I I don't you know I think that there's a there's a there's a big um, debate I think going on right now with uh, how young is too young, and I think that I think it's important to start with the little ones to have the physicality of the book. And then, then as they start getting a little bit older, maybe start hitting preschool or four years old or so forth, then maybe start introducing some of the digital book and ha- but have it with the parent. I, I think that a lot of the times and what I see at the library is parents come in to use a computer and they hand their child their phone or a reader and then just have the kid is sitting there playing games mm-hmm. on the reader and not having inter- any interaction with the parent. Yeah. And it's kind of now they're using it like a little bit of a babysitting tool yeah. while the parent does what they need to do. I don't think that is a positive way of using 
e-readers. I yeah. think that if you're going to sit with your child and use an e-reader, then that's the better way to go and talk about what you're clicking on or, or what you're, what you're reading or looking at together. Um, I think that, I think parents just need to be careful about how they use them. I think what you've, kids. yeah, what you pointed out is so important. I mean, you picture this classic scene of story time, um, before bedtime and parent and child are cuddled up together and there's a book between them and they can talk about the story and things come up for the kid, maybe about what happened during the day that's related to the character's adventures. There's so many opportunities. Um, and, and all of that, and you've got the physical closeness and all of that really is lost. If you just give a child a tablet consistently, give a child a tablet and say, you know, read yourself a story (laughs) or, or, you know, click this read to me button and someone else will read you a story, but there's no opportunity for that interaction. So I'm really glad to hear you um, encouraging parents if they're going to use a, a digital kind of format to deliver stories to their kids, to be there with the, the kid. Yeah, really good I, stuff. I think that's just key. That's just really, really important to, to keep that in mind. Yeah, keep it in mind. It's a really great tip. So now I'm going to ask you, it's summertime, um, before we wrap up, I'm a big proponent of story time. Um, we we have always read out loud. Um, my husband and I still read out loud to each other at times. Um, and and our kids grew up to be not only avid readers, but both of them are writers. So I I think there's something to be said about a love of of books and reading. And you can't start too young and that interaction's really special. So there is no cutoff date for it either. But now that it's summertime, I'd love for this, since we're talking about K through second grade, Mm -hmm. um, some really great books that parents and kids might enjoy together um, on a summer night. Um, You know, it stays lighter, longer, and kids are maybe not saying, hey, it's not bedtime yet. It's not dark yet. Um, Some stories that, that parents and kids could read together. Have some tips? Sure. I have, um, well, when it comes to kids reading on their own to their parents, I think one of my favorite, favorite books uh, or series of books for children are the Elephant and Piggy books by Mo Willems. I and, don't know those. I'm going to oh, write this down. <laughs> these are fabulous. And what I love about them is they really help children read with expression. Uh, there's a lot of like questions and exclamation points. And <laughs> when you read, when you first read with your child and you read these books with them, then you can talk about, well, why does my voice, why do, why do I use this type of uh, voice when I'm, when I'm reading like, you know, this exclamation point, cause he's very excited. Oh, good. And, um, I've actually read these books to, um, when I've done class visits at the library uh, for kindergarten and first grade. And a lot of times the parents or the teachers don't, aren't really familiar with these books. So those are one that I think are really, really key. And it's fun then to have your child read those to you at (laughs) night and they're short. And so you can read several of them, you know, in one sitting. Um, But if you're, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, I, I love concrete recommendations and I love having kids pay attention to details like punctuation. Yeah. The, there's, there's a reason that what's on the page is there and, exactly. and to make it dramatic and fun. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's, and they're fabulous. They're very, very fun. And 
Another type of a reader that I think is really fun to read together uh, for the younger, like maybe kindergarten first, is um, Kevin Hankus has a new uh, series of books about um, Penny, a, a mouse, and one of them is Penny and Her Marble. And what I thought was really a, an, an excellent story because it, it deals with a period of development at that age where Penny takes a liking to, uh, she finds a marble, but it's not her marble. Ah. And so it's, it's one of those like, well, did you steal it or are you borrowing it? Or, and it's a really, really good lesson because I think at sometimes, you know, your, your child is going to find themselves in a situation similar to what Penny found herself in. And, and those are really, really good books too. And I'm a huge Kevin Hickes fan. So that's <laughs> how, an easy, that's an easy sell. <laughs> how about for third through fifth grade? Well, <clears throat> there's some really good books that are out there, like chapter books. I know my son really loves the Magic Treehouse books and, um, those have been around for a long time and they're great, great stories and, uh, fun stories that you could read either a chapter a night or have, or you could read a chapter and maybe have your child read a chapter and that's always fun to kind of taking take, turns, taking turns. I Absolutely. Like so those are really fun. Wonderful. Um, there's another book that I really like that I read with my son because uh, he just finished second grade, and it's uh, The Year of Billy Miller, which is also a Kevin Hankus book. And it's about a boy in second grade um, and who has a younger sibling. So that was really interesting. And, and the parts of the story were divided up uh, with his relationship with other characters, like his teacher, his mother, his father, and the sibling. So it was really a really good book, and I thought it had uh, really good little lessons in it. So that was a fun one to share. Good. These are great recommendations, and I really hope the parents who are listening um, heed the call to maybe a, a, a less scheduled kind of day here during the summer when your kids are not having to deal with homework and there are no lunches to pack maybe for the next day. Um, and even if your schedule involves daycare during the day, um, maybe on weekends, when things are just a little less crowded and stressed, that you take time to to read with your child, or as you say, have your child read to you. It's it, it's it's all good, and it's and it's going to yeah. help them in in so many different ways in their lives. Michelle, I want to really thank you for taking time to to spend with us and um, sharing some of the librarian's view of what it's like for parents yeah. and kids to walk in, because um, you know most people don't really see the library maybe as as the resource that it is for um, for reluctant readers and and for kids of all ages so I really yeah. appreciate the work that you do I want to thank you very much oh thank you very much for having me <laughs> I'm Annie Foster family confidential to learn more about my work with tweens teens and parents visit anniefox.com where you can check out my book teaching kids to be good people progressive parenting for the 21st century. And tune in next week when my guest will be Dr. Elizabeth J. Mayer. Dr. Mayer is the author of Supporting Transgender and Gender Creative Youth. She and I will be discussing back-to-school bullying prevention tips. Until next time, happy parenting! Happy parenting!